0: Coming off of what he sees as victories at the big three, UAW President Sean Fain and his leadership, they're taking their act on the road to the transplants and the Teslas of the world and saying, we want to do for you what we did for the rank and file of the big three, delivering those big wage increases and uh, in some cases, uh, better benefits as well. UAW.org forward slash join is the website that they will be promoting uh, in the havens around plants for Toyota, Honda, Hyundai, uh, BMW, Mercedes-Benz, and others to try to get a foothold there. What are the prospects for this? Is this good timing? We uh, bring in Professor in the Department of Management and Information Systems at the Mike Illich School of Business at Wayne State University, Professor Merrick Masters. Professor Masters, good morning. Good morning, thanks for having me this morning. Putting this into historical context, we have heard this before from the u a w that they want to unionize these these transplants uh in terms of his timing How's he doing does he well, is, I, is this the most effective time for him to make this this message I, the
1: only time for him to really launch this new massive campaign. It's on the heels of record contracts resulting from record profits. Approval of unions is at record high levels, and you have a favorable president and the National Labor Relations Board, which has shown growing interest in liberalizing how they recognize unions on a voluntary basis and monitor the activities of companies uh, to recognize unions if companies violate the National Labor Relations Act.
0: Professor uh, Sean Fain said thousands of uh, non-union workers have contacted the UAW and asked to join the uh, organization, and they said uh, Toyota's Uh, 7,800 worker assembly complex in Georgetown, Kentucky, uh, is among the factories that have the strongest interest in being in the union. Why is their interest so strong?
1: Well, I think that it probably is a result of the management situation there. There are workers that may feel that they don't have a voice, that they don't have an opportunity to influence decisions with regard to pay, scheduling, etc., It's not so much what the companies do that is relevant as to how they do it, although both are relevant. But uh, if you don't have a voice, you're really at the whim of management. And I think what the UAW showed in this recent effort is that you can influence management in in its decision-making to a far greater extent than you can in a non-union situation. Professor Masters, Tesla employees have attempted to unionize the company before, it didn't work. What would be different now? Well, the time is different. I think the approach that the UAW is going to take is going to be different. I think the UAW in the past has relied on what I like to call a helicopter approach. It's flown in, it's dropped off its organizers and tried to organize from the top down. I think this is more a grassroots bottom-up effort to organize that is more responsive to workers in keeping with the effort of the UAW leadership to make its union more member-based and interested in raising the economic welfare of the
0: working class in general. You say that support for unions is a a historic high and and modern-day high, Um, but is it as well received geographically in the areas where these plants are located, which are in many cases very strong right-to-work states. And we also see that these these transplants are not standing pat. They're offering these workers the wages that in many cases UAW workers are getting or close to them without the the hassle of organizing or paying union dues.
1: Well, I said it was the best chance they probably had, but I didn't say it was a good chance. Okay, well, then let me ask you, what are the prospects? I think it's going to be an uphill struggle. It's going to be very difficult for the reasons that you mentioned, some of which pertain to location. But also, this is not a a passive playing field, as you mentioned. The companies have already responded. They got ahead of the curve. They got legal advice early on saying raise your wages before they start an organizing campaign so you don't get unfair labor practice charges filed against you. Uh, and they did that, and they're also probably doing a lot of other things on the ground to address what they consider to be concerns of workers so that they can keep the union at bay. One thing we can take uh, for granted in American business is that it will oppose union organizing efforts aggressively and that they will bring to bear all the resources that they possibly can muster to resist this campaign, and I would expect them to be very adept, and so when the union announces this campaign like this it opens itself up to criticism and now what you're going to begin to see is people are going to say okay you want uaw representation be careful what you wish for you just might get it and they'll cite the corruption of the union they'll cite what has happened to the industry in detroit and in america with the non-union companies having to shed hundreds of thousands of jobs over time and put workers in a very difficult situation in which, as Sean Payne recently said, in the past 20 years, 65 plants have been closed.
0: Uh, Professor Elon Musk uh, was asked about the UAW's aims uh, yesterday, and he says if Tesla gets unionized, it'll be because we deserve it and we failed in some way.
1: I think that is a very common management sentiment, and it's a view held by many that unions rise because of management failures. And I think that that means that they are in tune with what they need to do to keep their workers satisfied. I'm not saying that they'll be successful in that effort or that they don't do things wrong. But I think it's important to realize that if they're not in tune with that, if they don't realize that perspective, then they're going to make a lot more mistakes than they would otherwise. Uh, Professor Masters, yesterday GM came out and said, like, we're okay, we're going to have some stock buybacks. And do you think Sean Fain is saying, see, I told you these companies were viable and we could have maybe gotten more? Well, I think certainly that, I mean, whoever's doing their PR, I would give them a second look. Uh, And I would say that this is not a, a good look to give, to say that, well, you know, first we're crying wolf. We're saying we can't, we, we were stretched, we're bleed, bled dry. We can't give any more. We absolutely can't give any more. And then you turn around and announce a buyback and say that you can deal with it. You can, you know, you can um, absorb the uh, increased labor costs by raising your prices or improving productivity. Ford sort of did the same sort of thing today. Um, it, it it just makes the union um, position in this... Uh, look, all the more believable, because when the companies plead poverty, uh, what they say is, well, you're really not as poor as you seem to let people believe, and therefore you just showed that you're not.
0: Right. But it's not without some some cost on the part of the, the automakers. I mean, I think Mary Barra said they cut a half billion in uh, marketing, engineering, and people costs, and they're going to get another half billion squeezed out in this next quarter as, as well. And they, they also are going to be cutting back on some big-time Democrat uh, priorities, which is the expansion of EVs. They're dialing back investment in that.
1: Uh, yeah, I understand that there will be a reaction. and Part of that may be due to rising labor costs, but part of it's also due to the decline in demand for electric vehicles. You just had 4,000 dealers send a letter to the president saying that they've got too many on their lots right now. And also, it could be where it will be that these companies aren't run that efficiently to begin with. Um, large organizations, large corporate organizations are not necessarily known for their, um, efficiency. Uh, they have a lot of deadwood in their organizations, just like any organizations do. And I think to look for ways to cut and improve performance is a continual effort on their part.
0: Um, there is a, uh, just one second, Lloyd, I mean, excuse me, Nick, what was the, what was the push on, uh, on four that we just heard? Yeah, this is from the Detroit News. Ford Motor Company says it's anticipating a full year adjusted operating income of ten billion to ten point five billion. That reflects a one point seven billion in lost profits from the forty one day strike. So it was one point seven billion cost to them just the strike, Correct. not including the cost of the labor contract. Um, but uh, so yeah, they're they're all of them are adjusting their I'll guidance, but the, the the guidance still looks pretty good to investors, I would think.
1: Yeah, okay. I would say I. I think the the companies have a very important point that it you know, requires a lot to invest in electrical vehicles. And the timeline has been ambitious, probably overly ambitious. They've overestimated how high demand would be maintained dealing with some of the structural problems associated with electrical vehicles and getting people to buy them once you get beyond the, the more elite, financially well-to-do people who purchase the initial round of electrical vehicles on the market. But this is a transition period. It's going to be difficult. Um, and I think the companies have a strong business case to make, and they need to make that business case and stay focused on it. I don't think it's going to be an easy thing for them to do to win this competition for electrical vehicles. In fact, I think they're probably behind. and They're going to face relentless challenges. And we are in danger of seeing uh, further losses in our right. domestic industry base in the U.S.
0: Ellen, the one thing that remains to be seen is just how heavy uh, the Biden administration's thumb will be on the scale to help Sean Fain in these organizing activities at the transplants and at Tesla. Well, and, I,
1: I'm not, you know, I think they're going to take a balanced approach. I just heard recently that they may be lifting the, uh, the rule that they planned on issuing on foreign content. Uh, And that may make it a little bit easier for the companies to move forward in some of their Mm -hmm. joint ventures, which have not proved so favorable to union organizing. Now, that's secondhand information that I have, but I think I would watch developments like that very carefully and see what their actions are judged more by what they say
0: than what they do. Merrick Masters, we appreciate your insight, sir. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you for having me.
1: appreciate it. take care
0: when we come back. it was a jetliner unlike any other because it was not running on conventional fuel. We'll tell you what was keeping that aircraft aloft next on JR morning. That's coming up at seven forty nine We know that if you're hearing squeaks, clanks, bangs out of your furnace, it's probably a good indication that maybe you need to check it out and uh you you got to take it seriously. Our friends at CNC Heating and Air Conditioning say, really, that is one of the biggest indicators that you've got a problem. Also, if you see that your utility bills are creeping up, and not just because the season's getting colder, that if they're higher when you compare them to last year, if your family keeps getting sick, if your unit keeps needing repairs, and if you have a short cycling problem, those are the big five indicators that your heating and air conditioning system needs Problems that should be addressed. And if you've got any of those issues, then call our friends at CNC Heating and Air Conditioning. For 75 years, three quarters of a century, the Corian family has been delivering exceptional customer service to their customers. It's how they've become one of Michigan's most trusted heating and cooling companies and referred by our inside outside guys. So make sure you get that furnace tune up. And now could not be a better time because there are carrier cool cash savings on the table if you should need a new carrier furnace. The best step, call 800-MY-FURNACE, 800-693-8762. You'll get a free 21-point comfort survey, find out exactly what your home's needs are, and then if you do hear those clanks, squeaks, or see the other warning signs, and you need installation of a new carrier and heating and cooling system, they can do that for you, and they can do it tomorrow. Visit cncheat.com. That's cncheat.com. Carrier. Turn to the experts.